Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I'm here with my co-host, Rick Runewald. So this week, uh, well, I think we should first address it's been a, it's been a, a little bit since our last podcast. I think it's been exactly two weeks. Yeah, or close to we it. we got busy. We got busy. You know, Life. it's sometimes tough to get together to to do this. Yeah, I still think we're closer to weekly than bi-weekly, so we're going to keep the name Bike Racing Weekly. Bike Racing Weekly. Because bike racing bi-weekly sounds a little ridiculous. Yeah, and it also gets a little hard sometimes in January to come up with bike topics. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it's February. It's February now. We're getting close, actually, getting to the kinda, first races. Kind of close to... Well, road season here starts like the third week of April, so yeah. we're getting kind of close to like the first Midwest races yeah. of the season. But there's plenty of people across the U.S. of A. that have already started racing, and are already, you know, enjoying the sunshine, but that's not us. We're still stuck in the dark winter of Wisconsin. We've been enjoying cross-country skiing, though. Yeah, we have. That's been a nice yeah. a nice uh, addition. We've I've gotten, gone once so far, because we've just mm-hmm. recently started getting snow, but you've gone a few times. Yeah, I've been going like three or four days a week, because <clears throat> there's a bunch of trails that are right around my work, so I'll go like... Well, for the people who do live in the Madison area, what's the low-key place to go? Uh, It's Olin Turnville Park, which is right by John Nolan Drive for all y'all in the Madison area. They've got some nice trails, which are surprisingly well-maintained and groomed pretty regularly, at at least from what I could tell. So I'll go there before work. Can you rent at that trail? I don't think so, no. I know there's some trails that have rentals at the trail. That You'd have to go to like a a more popular trail. Like I think uh, uh, Elver Park would probably have rentals. Elver Park has rentals. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've realized that there are a ton of parks around the area that have cross-country ski trails. Even parks that don't advertise it, you always find people that just make their own trails, which is kind of cool. It's you like kind of did that today, right? Kind of, yeah. So I went I went skiing like in a, in a local park in Sun Prairie, and there were some tracks, but a lot of them I had to like make myself. But once you get one track, I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty good to ski. So I've been doing a lot of that lately. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, you've been doing a little bit of cross-country skiing. But a little bit. You've also been doing some, some training still, too. I've been doing quite yeah. a bit of training. So you've been on the, the trainer specifically for a while now. You kind of did this whole full winter of training. Yeah. Um, how does it feel to like get pretty... I mean, we're. I would say we're pretty close to kind of consistently riding outside. Do you feel like you need to get off the trainer at this point? Do you kind of like staying on the trainer? Um, is the I, motivation still there? Is it waning? Well, here's the thing. that The motivation is is that I've seen a lot of progress. Uh-huh. I've, I started at uh, 256 watts, and I'm at 307 now. Wow. And that's from, like, November to now. And you were doing a trainer road training, Trainer road, right? yeah. You know, like I, a mid, mid-volume training? Yeah. Is that what you were doing? Um, I would say it's a – I would always kind of add – like one workout a week because oh, okay. it's like five days. And how how many work? So five days a week. That's what you. So no, doing. I try to do six. Oh okay. But it's kind of like if I don't get that sixth one in, it's not that big of a deal because at least I did what was prescribed. And for all the trainers out there, how many like out like TSS were you doing a week? I try to aim to. Well, actually, I try. I always like the first week after I get a new FTP. Mm-hmm. I always try to do a, like a little bit less or exactly what's prescribed, just because that first week is a shock to your system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's going to be the week where if like you fail a workout, don't feel too bad about it. I always say like do as much as you can, mm-hmm. because it's really that first week is just adapting to that new FTP. Oh, yeah. so for example, like I just started doing VO two. Um, intervals 
and that was a huge shock to my system. I was supposed to do five, six minute intervals. I got through the first one, but uh, the second one I only got through about four and a half minutes. Mm. So that was kind of my goal was, I was just like, I'm gonna at least do about four minutes four and a half minutes I'm gonna try so to four minutes instead of five minutes of the instead of six so instead of ditching instead of ditching the workout you yeah. essentially just modified it slightly so you could get through it so yeah so I could get through so I didn't get as much as I <clears throat> like as I wanted to mm-hmm. but I got enough to where like I knew that I got something out of it that's gonna help me so like next week when I have similar workouts I'm gonna try to complete it or get even closer to completing it interesting so you see progress at least like that yeah and i'm like that's pretty impressive i mean that's like a 50 watt increase and you're you know this isn't your first season doing it you've done you've done i mean you've been training for the last couple of years now too but i think what do you what do you well not what do you think that you've done differently this year like compared to the last year's because uh, I mean, you've never really progressed this much in no. a single winter, right? My biggest thing is like going to the plan, like exactly how the plan wants you to go. No deviation. Really, not deviating. That was huge and being consistent. That that's one thing that Trainer Road on their podcast always talks about is the, the plan that's right for you is the plan that's most consistent. Yeah, I always think of it as like is like weightlifting. It's like if you go to the gym with like a certain amount of weight you're supposed to lift you either like lift that weight or you go home pretty much you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. you don't like lift like you know uh do like five sets of you know or three sets of five rep squats one day and then like the next day you do like 20 sets of five rep squats you know it doesn't really work like that so that's how i kind of think of cycling Mm -hmm. i know it's a different different you know sport it's aerobic versus strength but similar concepts right yeah yeah so that's uh, that's what I've been doing. And I've been seeing really good progress, which has been making me really excited to race. It's good stuff. So I think that's uh, been pretty motivating for me. Mm-hmm. And but the VO two, whew, gets hard. Well, it's I mean the last time I did a VO two workout has been like eight months. Right, because you're you're in the base season. So yeah, so just just in that in itself is it's expected that it's going to be a yeah, real hard gonna, shock to the system you're going to be fast this year coming out racing hopefully you're feel fast yeah yeah i mean you dude you're looking i'm just trying to be adam bogstad really that's yeah that, i mean you're looking fast on that trainer that's for sure but i think your whole goal this season should just be to to beat adam bogstad really just want to beat adam bogstad I, I want to take every single kom if you got has. a downgrade you might need to like start getting I, yeah you might need to drop yourself from a couple races to get that downgrade just so you can beat adam bogstad really if, if that's the case if i can just take all of his koms yeah beat him in every race you oh know? you should definitely we should probably spend a day just driving around and finding if you ever want to like piss off a friend go around and if, if you're faster than that friend too so that's like the big asterisk just like find all their local koms and just spend the day just going after them. Yeah. Just go after those KOMs. It's a long game. Don't even tell them. Don't tell them for sure. Just they'll start getting, they get those he'll emails. He'll get one email and then they'll text you and then you don't text them back. You don't let them know what you're doing and then they'll just keep getting emails and emails and emails about you breaking their KOM. So that's if you maybe want to end the friendship too. Well, you know. But Adam's a good sport. Adam's a good sport. He won't mind. Good. He doesn't um, even listen to this. No, he, he doesn't. <laughs> We call him a friend. It's a joke. All right. Yeah. Anyways, so 
you've been doing trainer road all winter a lot of people are doing zwift this winter too that's kind of like the which one are you doing are you doing trainer road or are yeah. you doing zwift so uh we have a couple friends that we know that are really getting into zwift and they like it because it's a little bit more open world yeah it's like you can you can cycle all these crazy landscapes i mean we've talked about zwift a lot you know the ability to change maps too but, um, you know, a lot of people are also riding Zwift in the summertime, too, because it kind of gives them a, a different, a different like, terrain to ride, if you think about it. Like, being in Wisconsin, we ride flat farm fields all the time. I mean, that's pretty much all of our riding is just flat farm fields, and then you kind of hit a town once in a while, which is exciting. But what do, you, what do you think about the idea that people are kind of, like, retreating into these virtual worlds because it gives them... Uh, you know, all the variety that they can need in their riding. Well, I mean, it makes a huge difference as to, like, where you live, uh-huh. you know? I also think it makes a difference whether or not you can actually get into it or not. Yeah. Whether you fall for that, like, immersion. I actually, I feel bad for people that can't get into indoor riding because, you know, there is, like, that's a big i mean for us that's that can be from november through to april sometimes and we've had like a a heck of a winter this year so i mean i'm sure it'll be like a struggle to get out riding to get riding outside in april yeah because of the sheer amount of snow that we've had it takes a long time to melt off the side of the road and people say like oh do other things go cross-country skiing go fat biking but Mm -hmm. i mean you you can't really go cross-country skiing because every trail is open from dawn till dusk yeah i think people don't understand that when you live like really far north like weather even like the weather conditions have to be pretty good to go skiing like you can ski when it like we just got snow here yeah we just got a lot of snow uh, if you were trying to go ski, like, for most of January, like, at least early January, let's say, like, wasn't good skiing, you couldn't ski in December unless you went mm-hmm. to, like, two, only two locations in sub- southern Wisconsin. Essentially, the closest place, it's it's almost equal distance yeah. to go to the two places that blow snow, and that's, mm-hmm. like, an hour drive. And that was kind of my general experiment this year, is I wanted to, I really haven't ridden the trainer much at all this winter, but I wanted to see how much, how, like how fit I could get just doing other cross training. So I do, I do a lot of cross country skiing now. Cause we, now we have snow. Uh, I was doing a little bit of running, but I don't have a running background. So I quickly got injured. So I was like, I guess that's a no go. And then, you know, downhill skiing and weightlifting. But to be honest, it's a huge time suck. Like trying to get to ski trails. Yeah. Trying to, even if you're, even if you're like I mean, running is, I guess, the one, the most simplest, right? But you still got to bundle up. You still got to put on all the clothes to, like, go outside for your run, figure out the route that you're going on. I'm, I'm still a big fan in terms of people that are a little crunch for time. Like, you know, the best bang for your buck is just hopping on the trainer and, you know, doing a workout. Or if you're into that kind of, like, Zwift experience, getting into that for a little while. You know, that's a huge thing that draws me to it because um, I like to enjoy my nights. Well, and, you we, know? and we both work full-time jobs yeah. you know it's not that i don't have we don't have time to ride you know two three four hours after work but it, it would be you know literally get home put everything on ride get back go to bed and if you're lucky eat something in between there yeah so like you know an hour to an hour and a half is like realistically what most people have before or after work yeah and i mean it, when you work all day and then ride all night i mean eventually that just burns you out it, it catches riding up to you. riding your bike feels like another job and that's not what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be mm-hmm. something you do outside of your job yeah the way i see it is 
winter training should be I mean some people get into it as like base training and I think that's not quite the right word I think for most people it should be like maintenance training so when the weather gets nice and you can actually ride outside and it's like oh I can do a four-hour ride on the weekends because it feels great to do that and be outside like you got some fitness like you got a baseline of fitness it's not to to me I, I I don't think it's necessarily to bank all this fitness so you can start racing I just think it's to like maintain a level of fitness well I have a question for Anna if you wanna oh yeah we have our here. guest Anna on the Anna's podcast. here return guest to the podcast so Anna is a nurse Anna's and a nurse. she will typically she's only supposed to work ten hours but it typically is twelve hours mm-hmm. um, and then so she she works twelve hours sleeps for eight hours sometimes 16 hours yeah (laughs) some days anna how do you stay motivated on your weeks that you work to ride uh before work because she works nights yeah because i'm a baby and if i have to work like three more hours than i normally do i just don't Mm -hmm. want to work out yeah that's it's hard i it's some night some days at nights i guess i struggle to get up to go but we do competitions. I think that helps me. We've been like, doing a... Uh, so, like, this month we have, like, a points competition. Oh, so, you yeah. get whoever points can, like, for... Oh, the most. And yeah. whoever... Those are fun. And whoever wins has to buy a new bike seat. We're getting those... Uh, they're from AliExpress. Oh, but I think we should get AliExpress to sponsor this podcast. Right? But we they're the... a lot of selling. <laughs> but they're, like, the specialized power saddle, like... It's the same thing, right? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's like those saddles, but so they make it for, like, 25 bucks. You're going to end up buying the saddles, then. So that helps me. Well, I do I do. We mo- well, we modified it yeah. to where it's, like, uh, one one-hour workout for me is 0.7 point, 0.75 yeah. points, where it's, for her, it's one point. That's yeah, that's pretty appropriate. Yeah, and then we do... Because you ride so much. Yeah, and we do, like, extra, like, 0.25 points for, like, doing core. So, and I'm only, like, I do the mid-volume plan, right, for trainer room? Um, or the low level. I think you do low low volume. So I only have to get three rides in a week, which is not nice. Yeah. So then I can always add in one. So if I, like, pull mm-hmm. a double, I'm not going to add in an extra ride right. the next day. I'm going to sleep. For sure. But if I have time, like this last week, I put in five rides out of my seven days of working in a row. Yeah. That's the nice that's thing about doing bad. the... That's good. Like picking the volume though, yeah, it's because like then if for for you it's kind of like as long as you get your three, three workouts in, in mm-hmm. you can do th- three hours, yeah, but you can always add more to it. So yeah. then if I'm if I wake up and I'm not tired or, and it gets to me biking wakes me up for work because otherwise I'll stay in bed until seven thirty when oh, I have to get sense. up shower and leave. So it gives me something to do like for like an hour or so right before I go to work so that I at least am awake and not rolling out of bed into work how do you feel at work yeah i'm like, on my feet all the time so i well well you constantly. you'll work out and then you're on your feet and then a lot of times you work through the night too yeah like as a shift worker like especially like you know with your crazy hours like does do you ever like just like get really drained from training as well um some like there's some days at the end of the week where i'll just be really tired and i just want to sleep and not mm. work out but so i try and get my extra ride in earlier in the week if i can just so that it's kind of out of the way mm-hmm. um i think staying on my feet afterwards helps me because i'm not sitting down right away so like my mm-hmm. legs really don't get tight ever yeah like sense. the other night i didn't sit down until 3 a.m so Jeez. so <laughs> but normally i sit down before then and that's good yeah you should sit as much but. as you can so like you with with your riding this winter so like this is the first winter 
that you've like ridden through, right? Or like trained indoors? I didn't right? get a bike until like March. Last, last March, yeah. yeah. Last, last March, March was the first time I got my first bike. That's right. So like, why do you, I mean, do you like, do you have any goals in the summer? Like, I want to do a smaller race. Sm- some racing. So you did, you did one. I think we've talked about this. Well, we have talked about it before, but you did one race last year. So you want to like come back and do a smaller one. Do a smaller like one. Yeah, you picked a big, big race mm-hmm. to come to. So you like picked it, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's all, of course, Ryan. Throw her into the gauntlet. Yeah, basically. Gr- great basically. idea, Ryan. <laughs> Jesus. And I want to go on, my goal is to go on a 50-mile ride. We did one 30-mile okay. ride last year, and I was dead, but I want to yeah. do a 50-mile ride this year. Or do a, a couple goal. more. Just do more consistently good, long yeah. rides. It'd be a good yeah. one, like good ride to do. Like last year, we did a um, Fourth of July ride. Yeah. I think we did like third thirty-five miles. We should. No, we that should, one was short because that was. I think at, we did. Was, we did three hours. We should organize like a big Fourth of July ride this year. No, we were going to, but we didn't because that was after we I to, crashed. How far at is Downer. Columbus? Columbus. It's you know. Oh, it's probably I don't know. Maybe like fifteen or. Yeah, so I guess it was like away. I think it was thirty-two miles round trip. Oh, because that was like we did like that was like her first like bigger ride. She oh, had never yeah. ridden no, that far we did, before. We did the one on the trail. The thirty-mile one was on the. But I know the to Columbus was pretty far too. I think it was after the when we did the one on the trail. We went that long though, but and, maybe. Anyways. So like what do you, yeah. so like with riding on the trainer? Do you mm-hmm. like are you gonna keep riding on the trainer when the weather gets nice because of your work schedule, or are you actually going to ride outside most of the time in the summer? When I'm working, I'll probably stay in the trainer because it's really nice to just hop on. Yeah. I don't like riding alone outside yet. Like For I'm sure. still very new with like. I think cycling changing is, my like if I hit a pop my tire pops yeah. or something I'm screwed. Cycling is such a social sport too. Where I've changed it like once before on yeah. my own and I almost broke my whole bike. But um, <laughs> it's not good. We had, yeah, we had a little issue, but you know when like the chain like loops. Like loops. Oh, I cracked a frame because my chain one time. Did I tell you that? No, it dropped. No, it was at Fitchburg actually. Oh. My my chain actually dropped in between my little ring and my frame, and I didn't know it, and I went to pedal. And it just jammed the frame so it jammed the chain so hard in my frame that it cracked it. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. That's no good. I just couldn't get my tire my wheel back on the bike. <laughs> oh yeah. Well you and you had so you He does Anna, most of my bike work. And he so. has a, 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 a skewer disc road bike. Which it's means an like early disc bike. An early disc so like there's no through axle, it's got a skewer on it. Mm-hmm. So that those are a pain in the ass in terms of getting the wheel off and on and, and Well not getting off is fine. Well yeah, getting off is okay, but not getting it in a getting position it back where, on where the yeah. brake rubs. That's so. why I yeah. only ride if I go yeah. out with people I'll ride. Yeah. But I won't ride on my own yet because if I get stuck on the middle of a farm road somewhere and I don't know how to get my tire back sure. on, like I'm gonna be. <laughs> yeah, and and you're so you right now you have a Cannondale Synapse mm-hmm. that that was the bike you rode this year with yep. disc brakes. Yeah, you're getting a new bike uh, this year because you got a fat tax return. Am I right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> nice. I think when I said I wasn't gonna buy a new bike for five years. Yeah. Oh, she was adamant about like never buying a new bike. Yeah. Well, but then you get a tax return and you start making, you know, not college wages and it's like, okay, maybe and you I buy see a, bike. a cool bike. And she yeah. sees a cool bike. So what, what bike are you gonna go oh, with? Oh, real yeah, quick before what? I say that, um, we measured her bike against mine mm-hmm. and like, I don't know why, but her top tube 
is longer than mine. Cannondales have long top tubes. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like her reach was yeah actually slightly longer than the and, reach and on my bike. This is a That's size forty. This is a, a size forty-eight. 48. And how, Anna, how tall are you? Like five one and a so, half. So, but that's that is still like within within the adult range of sizes. Yeah. So I think that you're really gonna enjoy like because you're going to a specialized mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and specialized frame sizes are i think much smaller than cannondales in my personal uh experience i always put so and much weight and i'm so stretched out yeah and we've moved it so, so much, many times we so i mean we have the yeah we have the seat as far as we can go and go forward but i mean on the next on her next bike because she's getting because she's getting in a lay Mm-hmm. Which is more race geometry, which I think is going to kind of yeah. tighten things up a little bit more. And are you going to go, so the LA just came out with discs and non-discs. Are you, which disc. one? You're going to go with the disc? I like my disc brakes. Yeah. It looks a lot better, it's too. It's through axle, too. Yes. Which is a big. They look sharp. They look sharp. Yeah. I'm it, going all black. All, the, all black. All black. All black. Yeah. I'm a big fan of all black, of silver. I'm like, you know, you got to go with those classic colors. Even yeah. white. White still looks pretty good. You know, the nice thing It'll about. match more. Because I want to change my handlebar tape, but yeah. I'm not allowed to because my well, bike's Well, you can have color. whatever color bar tape you want as long as it's black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. You don't want those crazy colors. You know, the nice thing about having like an all black or like an all gray bike is I think trends of colors go in and out pretty quick. Yeah. I think where for, like for black while, will always look good. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. High viz. I remember like a couple of years ago, neon, high viz yeah. and neon and like like safety vest orange were pretty big i know yeah. like specialized had a ton of colors that were those kind of in the, that category and then fades i think fades are currently in right now for oh. bikes ryan we, we all, all know, know how, how feel i feel about, about fades. fades so we know how you feel about fades on the kit but the bike too you know no fading is just dumb fading is dumb <laughs> fades are just I, dumb i i think it's trendy i can't say that i haven't seen something that's a fade and i've thought ooh, that looks good but I definitely think they're trendy. Honestly, for me, it's like the simpler, the better. The simpler, the better. Yeah. I just want a clean look. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd i agree with that. I don't want a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this, guys. Do you guys have a favorite cycling movie? There's not many. There isn't many. I really like, I will say, uh, the 30 for 30, catchy, or yeah, I think it's Catching the Badger. Oh, slaying, the badger, slaying the slaying badger. the badger. Yeah, about Bernard Hino. That's re- and Greg Lamond is really Lamond. good. The program yeah. is all right. I thought the program was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Some of those sh- like like shots in the program, I didn't really understand. Like, yeah, they didn't make a lot of sense. But I think it kind of captured at least like yeah the main points. Some of it was bullets. kind of like just seemed like kind of over the top and cheesy. Yeah. You know, so it was a good movie. I actually occasionally watch it on the bike. Yeah. Um, there was I, don't, a- I don't recommend it really to people that don't bike. That's true. Yeah. But then there was a uh, a Lance Armstrong documentary that mm-hmm. I believe Lance Armstrong made. It, it followed him like the months before one of his Tour de France. Oh, really? And okay. it showed him like his like where he trained and how he trained and stuff. Interesting. I, that was it was really good. Interesting. Very it was kind of cool to see like all the work that he put into before the tour, right? And they were like testing out like early uh, triathlon uh, what aero bars oh, on bars? on his uh, road bike. Oh, really? And so they literally it like, like it was like really early. Like they like taped them on. Like huh. they, he didn't have any like padding on so his. This, was, this must have been like late nineties, early two thousands. Early, t- I think it was early two thousands. Okay. 
Um, but I mean, he 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 didn't have anything on his uh, forearms, like yeah. any padding. So he would, he put his arms on his bars Ooh, that had to be and so like painful. held on to his arrow bars like that. Yeah, because uh, that was the year that Alp Duez had a time trial up it. Oh, yeah. whatever year that was. Yeah, that's right. Because he was experimenting with putting the that's kind of arrow bars on his. Road bike. Spe- speaking of Alp Duez, I know we're getting off on a bunch of tangents. There was like a big, uh, big thing about Nibali. I think he like sued. Yeah, he, like sued the ASO or yeah. Or he tried. To, I don't think. I don't think an individual think came anything, forward. No, but that's kind of crazy. I think Alp Duez is like a prime example of where it's like such a. It, it highlights how cool it is that there's no barriers or barricades for cycling, but it also shows like things can definitely go wrong when you get like a bunch of people drunk probably you know partying right around the finish of a big mountaintop race it's like things are not gonna go right well nairo quintana just got uh hit by a spectator last or this did, week did he get really? knocked off his bike got knocked off did he really yeah did he continue to win the stage uh yeah okay yeah that yeah well, i shouldn't say he got knocked off he he had to, was like, about stop. to he was falling over and caught himself with his foot it was up a hill oh, so he wow. wasn't going fast yeah but the guy behind him did crash oh really yeah wow that sucks but then there so was that probably helped him then because the guy behind him crashed so he probably clipped <laughs> in and just like gunned it but i mean he was you could tell they were going so up a steep slope so say, he had to stop that's not like a thing Ryan would have. yeah so gopro should probably sponsor nairo <laughs> right that's probably the thing that should come out of this whole incident yeah so back to anna's bike yeah uh so we like when we were trying to find what bike should anna get or mm-hmm. at least what should we look at you know, I kind of realized, you know, the only bikes out there are Specialized, Cannondale, Trek. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more brands than that, but for, like, affordable bikes? That yeah, are, like, affordable are, bikes. Are, like, good quality? Yeah, yeah reasonable mm-hmm. bikes that we're not going to pay $4,000 for an old Tiger bike. Right, right, for you sure, know, for sure. Those brands where they want you to pay $3,000 for just a frame. Yeah, I think that's kind of ridiculous. And I like the look People of it. Like, oh, you have the Specialized. I like the look of yours. Yeah. I like how Specialized, it's just clean. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. uh Yeah, it's, you know, like, I think sometimes there's something to be said about a well-built aluminum bike that just has some nice straight tubes, you know? Just uh, just back to the old days. Well, right? see, that's the Am thing right? about the LA is that it's not, they're not straight tubes. Well, they're curved. Not, not completely straight. That's true. Yeah. See, that that's a Cannondale is the straight tubes. Oh, Which yeah, I like the pad. curve on it. Mm-hmm. That's straight. Yeah, for sure. It has a little sure. curve to it. I like the look of yours. Well, why don't we transition now to All our right. next topic, which I believe we are going to talk a little bit about the Red Hook Crit. Yeah. Right? Or, was there anything else? Do you want to talk about? Or no, that's we, fine. All right, let's talk about the Red Hook crit. So for those who don't know, uh, Red Hook was canceled this it year. It was canceled. The series was canceled. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Which I think is very interesting because for the longest time, Red Hook was like, uh, it was kind of hailed as the model of what bike racing should be. It was huge production values, very exciting, short races, Criterium style. Uh, on fixed gear bikes, which added like another element of excitement. So, I think it was it was very uh, surprising because I yeah. I always thought that because everybody talks so highly about the Red Hook series and they had like you know compared to a lot of races they had quite a bit of money going into that series. 
Um, but at the end of the day, like if you really think about it, it's still they still weren't charging people. I don't think they were charging people to get into the venue, which blows my mind. Which which is crazy, right? You you still have to charge. We you know they always wanted to have the biggest crowd they could possibly have, but it was still like dependent on the sponsorship of Rockstar Games. That was the thing is sponsors weren't paying yeah. enough to be profitable, and I'm not sure the reasons why Rockstar Games pulled away their sponsorship. It might have had something to do with uh, you know other business opportunities. I know they came out with Red Dead Redemption Two this year. Yeah. So to be honest, I mean thinking business wise, they probably allocated that budget to you know online marketing or or digital marketing for to, sure like, to better drive the sales on that game. Mm-hmm. And you know I as cool as it was to have Rockstar Games as the sponsor, I don't think that they were selling any more copies of Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, or Red Dead 2 at the Red Hook Crit. You know yeah. what I mean? Different crowd. It's not the same people. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it is kind of a bummer. But, you know, after talking about it and thinking about it a lot, it's actually it's may- maybe not that surprising. You know, I think... I you, think can't, uh, you can't rely on a sponsorship model. I was have, just about uh, to say to that. Have a I think sport. Spon- I, cycling just needs to get away from the sponsorship model. They need to find a better way to get money from the people that go there. They re- I mean, no successful sport it relies on a sponsorship model. Yeah, that that's a hundred percent true. Cycling. I mean, I can't even think of another sport running. I mean, but, yeah, pretty much every other endurance, uh, endurance sports. Endurance sports. Well, um, well, even running, even running I mean, they charge people to get into stadiums and, and watch. I mean, these are for bigger events, right? Well, the think Olympics. about like a marathon. Everyone the who's... The marathon, yeah. You know, the people, there are people that race the marathons, yeah. but then you have 5,000 people that paid 100 bucks to do the marathon. But the exposure is so different for a marathon, too. You know, if you want to sponsor the top five people in the marathon, give them a couple thousand dollars, have them wear your equipment, you know, if you're Nike, if you're Adidas... And then, you know, the views that they're getting, even on the day of, I mean, there's tens of thousands of spectators at like a big city marathon and yeah. it's televised, right? Even if people aren't necessarily, and they line the entire, so you're also, that you're lining the entire uh, course with ads that's also selling things to people that are competing in the same marathon, right? People that are like, you know, waves back, they're seeing all these Nike ads of all like the top athletes and stuff like you're that. You're seeing the cool shoes, you're, you're seeing, seeing the cool all that, shoes. and you're like, oh. Yeah, you're selling it to the people that are running the marathon, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that, like, a sponsorship model there works because the overhead is so, so low. You know, for 50 grand, you could probably sponsor one of the, the top runners in the marathon. For 50 grand, you can't even buy bikes for a continental team. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think. I think the more I think about it, cycling, like professional cycling, is going to continue to, uh, I don't want to say the word regress, because that's not the right word, but it's going to continue, I think, to move towards like, like literally just like gravel races, and it's going to be individual based too, it's not going to be these big like world tour teams, at least in the US, this is what Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be like in the US, I don't think that that we're going to, and it's going to be like crit teams, criterium teams. I think that'll still be like an avenue of sponsorship, possibly. Like Cliff Bart, I know they have a very healthy relationship with with their crit team, yeah. but I don't think it's going to be like big world tour teams or or sponsoring like uh, it's even tough to say crits because Red Hook was a crit, you know. You know what? Um, I w- I've been thinking about this that USA uh, crits need to do. You know how they started like. Uh, showing the races. Yeah. What they need to do is put like a camera on the back of a motorcycle. 
like the leading motorcycle. Be interesting, yeah. And then like they can switch between cameras. Mm-hmm. It's like, but then you're you know, you're you're turning with the race, and you uh, can see gives you more um, of an immersive. Experience. Yeah, like I th- th- I think that's great. What like, uh, Velon CC is yeah, it? yep. That's what they do. It looks like you're in the race. I think uh-huh. just putting a camera on like a motorcycle, yep. like the the pace motorcycle would add a lot of like making you feel like you're in the race but then you can switch cameras you know yeah yep that would be pretty interesting for sure yeah because there's I already mean, a motorcycle out there yeah right i mean i'm i'm still a fan of the ideas that we've talked about before where you basically do like a track you take all the omnium events in a track and or all like the uh, the kind of racing you do which i think the longest ones are usually yeah. like 20 minutes and that's what you do for the week mm-hmm. right or that's what you do for the day you do all the track events but you just do it on a crit course yeah i'm all about like New changing stuff. crit races to yeah. team races like team, team point races. races oh team point races would be really cool yeah, yeah that's for sure because sure. then that can be easy to follow having yeah. a scoreboard scoreboard yeah. following how much how many points every every team mm-hmm. has and then you know it becomes yeah. like or, then like the team gets up on the stage right or you know like I'm not even like you know pro cycling doesn't need to necessarily be a thing for bike bike racing and bicycling yeah, yeah. to be uh, healthy. You know, you'll like, always have the Tour de France. Yeah, like for example, think about um, I can't. It's kind of like uh, not super related, but it is a little bit like ultra running mm-hmm. or like not really marathon running, but like these kind of more niche hundred mile races. Yeah, like these more niche endurance sports. You know, the only people that are doing that full time are maybe like the top there's maybe like a, a very small handful that that's like their only job yeah right and then everybody else is just like a high level athlete they probably work part-time or full-time still but they find time to train and that's just kind of how it is like it's just like a really cool niche community well i believe and I think the, bike racing actually might get better if that was the case i believe the uh woman who won leadville last year is a full-time teacher yeah yeah i mean it's you know, like, I don't think people always say, like, well, we need, like, a, a crazy league where we have all these full-time athletes and it's going to be, like, the NFL. It's, like, bike racing is never going to be, like, the NFL. Yeah, it's never going to be the no, NFL. No, but, I mean, I, I think it almost be, it would get better if it wasn't so, like, elitist where you have, like, a small yeah. number of, like, highly successful, like, full-time athlete teams and then everybody else is just, like... Mm-hmm. You know, I think if we had... People always want to get more of those full-time, like, pro athletes... But I kind of think maybe we need less of those and more just like high level like people like normal people. Yeah. And it's it's professional amateur racing or not pro racing. It's just you know pro am or something like that. But we talk well, about crit racing. Last thing. Okay. I was gonna say we talk about crit racing all the time. Is I just think uh, I feel like crit racing, especially American crit racing, yeah. it just kind of like wants to be European road racing, uh-huh. where it's like I think USA Cycling needs to look at. Uh, European road racing and crit racing and say what can we take from road racing and just make it better like the best parts of it yeah well and, how can yeah. we just make like a more interesting sport I think they should just completely ditch the professional development side of it like yeah. with the team USA stuff I know they probably get a lot of money from organizations because they focus on that mm-hmm. but I think they would just be better served if they just 100% focused on um, the amateur side of things yeah but hey I mean I don't think things are going to change anytime soon. No, so no, they're not. Better get used to it. <laughs> All right. Well, we covered quite a few topics. Ryan, mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Um, do we want to talk about grinds or gears? 
Yeah, we can talk about what grinds your gears. Ooh, Anna just shot up. What, what grinds gr- your gears? What I grinds your gears, Anna? I don't have anything today. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, Anna's Anna's too happy with too, her bike life. Too, that's right. She's getting a new one, so there's nothing. Because my grind. trainer's working. <laughs> Everything's right. working right now. <laughs> Ryan, what's grind? What's grinding your gears? Oh boy. Um. Hmm. Your cleat position. Yeah. That's grinding that was, my gears because yeah. you, you got off your bike three times in an hour and a half ride today to fix it. I just can't. I get, was getting so annoyed. I just can't get my <laughs> my cleats in the right position on on my bike. It's a hard thing to do. You don't like float either. I don't. So, I like. I don't like any movement in my shoes. Yeah, that's a, though. That's a toughie then because you got to get it perfect. And it's just been bothering it, it never, me so much. It never will be. Where like like one what was bothering me today. And like the last few days was like all of a sudden it feels like my shoe is too big. Yeah. You know, like when I'm I'm on like my upstroke, all of a sudden like I feel like uh, there's just like a ton of room up by my toes. Where it's just like I've had these shoes for over a year, and how is it? I, I now it's just starting to feel like they're, this. They're breaking in, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think it might be the laces. I Could feel be. like I just can't get them tight enough. Ooh, okay. Like the laces, but the laces so, are old and stuff, so I think... Try swapping out and get some new laces. I was going to get some new laces. Get some cool colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to get gray since they're Ooh. like the neon and That'd gray. That'd be pretty sweet. I like that. So I, I think the neon becomes a little bit more of an accent color. Yeah, I'm behind that. For okay. sure, for sure. What about you? Uh, what grinds my gears? Ooh, ooh. I'd say what grinds my gears is trying to ride in the winter like those kind of like one-off days where it's like 35 degrees and you can try to ride yeah, in the winter like this saturday yeah like like the saturday or like a couple saturdays ago and then you get out there and you realize that you can't even ride on the shoulder of the road because there's so much yeah. ice that grinds my gears it's like oh that's the kind of winter we're having too we have so much snow that even when the snow melts it's going to c- create ice mm-hmm. so you can only ride like in the middle of the day yep oh, grinding my gears everybody i tell you i tell you all right well that's our podcast for the week thank you so much for everybody listening you can find us on itunes and stitcher uh we would love it if you could give us a like give us a a review we'd love to hear back and see how we're doing uh subscribe to our podcast as well get it every week or every other week depending on what's going on in our lives yeah and yeah i think we say this every week we're gonna get back on the twitter and the instagram game anna is actually going to be kind enough to curate our social media so yeah again and now that the weather's getting nicer we're so close to race season we're gonna start uh pumping out some more content Mm -hmm. and uh Getting back on that social media yeah. grind. Go uh, follow our Facebook page because that is always where we post when we have yes. episodes come that's up. That's because Ryan manages it, manages it yeah. and not me. Well, all I, <laughs> all I do is just post the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I literally copy and paste it from iTunes. More than I do. That's all I can say. All right. Cool. Well, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week, everybody.